Hello there, I'm Dr. M, a relationship and sex coach, and this is Real Talk with Dr. M, where we talk about all things sex and relationships. And so what are we doing on this episode? This episode is titled, How I, the, What I Learned from Buying My First Daughter and How to Handle a Breakup When You Still Love and Respect Each Other. So yeah, this is the first episode of the podcast. Like I said, it's going to sound pretty much like I'm sending you a voice note. And like I said, also, yeah, it's not really such a serious thing. But yeah, I tend to be deep. And so the first story, how I learned, what I learned from buying my first daughter is something that happened to me if like many years ago-ish during my um, internship after medical school. The story starts out very innocently, not being so deep. But recently, I've been nicknamed the Deep Blue Sea by my sister, who thinks that I make everything deeper than they should typically be. But I guess it's because I tend to be quite introspective. And so, yeah, I'm going to share the lessons I learned from buying my first daughter. I'm sure you're wondering who buys a first daughter. You're going to get to that soon. You're going to get to that soon. So, yeah, like I said, it was my first in my my internship year. And, you know, because I went from being a student to being a worker, and I think the hospital had a policy that you couldn't get paid until your third month. And I had just gotten my accommodation in the hospital against all odds. That is even a story for another day. So... I had spent the money I had saved up on getting to the room into livable shape. And then I started to struggle because I, I was used as a student. I used to have, I lived in a room that had a fridge for a few years and I never had, like, it never occurred to me to buy my own fridge because the, the hostel came with its own fridge. And so by the time I left and I was moving to the new place, I didn't have a fridge in it. And was becoming really hard all i had to eat was bread or to buy and then the hospital didn't have like canteens around so i just found it so difficult to eat um at the time so it was it was so necessary for me to get the fridge because that way i could bulk cook and then my schedule as a doctor was hectic so it was i I was just not eating right and if you know me you know that i'm a foodie i would die or feel like i'm going to die if i'm not getting food and so i started to feel really depressed and really just because i didn't have a fridge and so eventually i had to call my mom and i was like look i'm going to i'm basically going to die here if i do not have access to a fridge to cook in bulk and then just know that my food is in the fridge and so my mom decided to give me some money to add some like the remaining change that i had in my account and then i i I took a friend of mine by force and said, we need to get my fridge. And so it was it was one of my senior colleagues that had tired house job before me. And then he said, okay, he knows the place. And then we went to the place. And I had, I had the idea of what I wanted in mind. I had the idea of the fridge that I wanted. It was supposed to be higher thermocool. And it was supposed to be those silver ones that are just, because I'm not so tall, that would just almost be as tall as I am. And so I had everything planned to the T. 
but I didn't know how much it cost it cost at the time because I think that it was around that time where dollar rates were moving mad and so the naira to dollar ratio had made a lot of things really expensive and the people that I knew that had fridges already had theirs before the entire brouhaha and so me I was buying mine after so nobody really knew how much the kind of fridge I wanted cost so we just got there and and then I asked and then they said um they showed me two they showed me like the really big one and then something that looked exactly like it but just slightly smaller and then i was like there was no need for the really big one since it was only going to be for me and so i said okay how much is the slightly smaller one and then they said it's nine thousand naira oh my god i be I'm, I'm sure that i can't remember this but i'm sure that beads of perspiration probably appeared on my face and i had this really intense headache and then immediately I knew that this was not my budget. Like the, the highest I knew I could afford at the time was probably something of 60k so that I would have had like 20k left to or 20 to 30k left to manage for the next one or two months, right? Before I got paid. And so I knew that I couldn't afford to to spend my money on a fridge. And so I started to ask for cheaper ones and then so I was like um how much is this particular one? And they'll be like 59. I'm like, oh, this is really my budget. And I'll open it and then I would not be impressed. And then I'll ask for another one and another one and another one. I was just not impressed by any other one in the shop. But I had to leave it a fridge. It was not a negotiable thing at all. I had taken someone out of their out of their way to come shop with me. I was going to die of hunger. So I had to leave it a fridge. And so the money was <laughs> I just kept thinking about it that if I removed eighty nine thousand for the from the money that was in my account, I was going to probably be left with something like four or five thousand for the next two months, and like the idea of it just drove me mad, and so I just kept on checking the other fridges that I knew that I wasn't going to like, and then I just kept on asking and I was stalling, and then the the person who came with me just calmly said. If you had all the money, which fridge would you choose? And I was like, it's not, it's my higher thermocool, of course, it's not even a negotiable. And then he was like, you do realize that like your moment of not having money is really temporary. And within a few weeks, you would have the money and then you might, your money is coming. Will you be impressed by the choice you make today in two months time? And then I, I just had to think about it, like, will the, will, the me, will the me in two months' time feel impressed by my choice today? And I, I, of course, the answer was no. And so at that point, I just knew that my answer, like, with great pain in my heart, like, I remember opening, like, doing the transfer and my brain wanted to explode. Like, what are you doing, this woman? What are you doing to yourself? And... I'm I'm telling you my my account balance wept this particular day, but I start, I left with my fridge and that was it. And then immediately I installed the fridge in the room, like it just perfected everything in the room, and it just felt so at so so at zen with the room. And I looked at the fridge and it was the most expensive thing I owned at the time, and I had to just call it Ada, and Ada is. An Igbo, it's an Igbo word, um, Igbo name that is used for the first daughter of a, of a particular family. And so, yeah, so basically, like, that it, 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 it to me is a very special name because I'm, like, the first. And I, I looked at the fridge and I was like, this is probably, like, the first 
conscious decision that I have made. It wasn't the easiest, but it was it was the first most conscious, most painful one that I I now <laughs> a few months after, by the time I got paid, I realized that if I had bought the fridge I didn't want to buy just because I was worried that I didn't have had I didn't have the money, I would have regretted it throughout the rest of the year that I was going to use the fridge for. And so yeah, I never have I ever regretted buying Ada. Like I I couldn't leave with Ada because I was going back home after my internship and I was going to, to, for service and I knew that I couldn't be carrying the fridge up and down. So I had to sell it eventually. But I've I never, even till now, I've never regretted spending the 89000 I spent on Ada, ever. In fact, I remember buying a surge protector to make sure that Ada was in tip-top shape and then there was no way that Nigerian electricity was going to destroy her. Like, I was I was that intense about about my fridge at the time. So why am I telling you the story of Ada and what exactly does this have to do with relationships? I think that the lessons here I learned was just the fact that we tend to base our entire, like our life decisions as they go on the presence. Like we tend to be quite myopic on the things that we we want so you 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 have these big dreams but you let yourself edit your dreams or, or your your dream partner your friends based on what you are right now based on your environment and what we don't realize is that when you cut your codes according to your present it can it kind of re- restricts you to the present right and so it's important that you before you before you make decisions you consciously ask yourself questions and so the questions i i i had to i i realized that the buying the refrigerator at the time taught me was one do i know what i want like am i am i dead sure about what i want and it was an important question because yes at the time when i was going to go and get that fridge i knew exactly what i wanted i knew i wanted it to be silver i knew i wanted it to have a specific size of a freezer a specific size of a fridge and i knew how i wanted the fridge to make me feel i was sure about it number two do you think it's currently out of your reach at the time yes because i was i was i was broke really and Getting a fridge of eighty nine thousand when all that the money that was in my account was maybe ninety six thousand or thereabouts, it was it was crazy to make that decision to say fine, yes, I'm going to spend all my money on a fridge of that amount, and then it brings you to the next question to say, at the pre at is it is at the present situation conditions the ones making you think you should settle? So at the time, yes, I, I only had a particular amount of money against a particular amount of months. And I was going to, I was, I, I probably would not have because that that's not the kind of person that I am. But we, but I mean, maybe because it's a fridge, but who knows how I'm going to act if it's a friend or a family member that I'm supposed to set a, corner, a particular boundary with. And so it makes you ask yourself, what are, is it, if this present situation was not the way it was, is this the decision, is this, is this the decision I'm going to make? And then there's the question of, Will my future self be impressed by this decision? And so, for instance, I remember someone was giving the example of when you know that it's going to be somewhere in your future that you think you're going to be the president of a particular nation, would it be wise to be sending maybe nudes that have your face on it 
and then be the president whose nudes are going to be all over the place so people would find the nudes and use it as a campaign strategy against you granted that is um that is blackmail and it's a crime to do that but these things happen during campaigns and this is just like a very far off example but you get the point it's the fact that you need to consider all the time who you are going to be in the next few months, the next few years, and make your decision for that future self, not for the present self, because the present self is a product of your past, but your present is trying to is trying to prepare you for the future. And then there's the fact that you don't underestimate the power of choosing what you want and keeping your eyes on the prize. Like I remember how I feel just thinking about the fridge. And how I felt each time I opened the door to my room. Because each time I opened the door to my room, then the first thing that I would see was my fridge. I remember how peaceful I felt opening that fridge, opening my door to see that fridge. People entering my room and they're like, oh, this your fridge is nice. Like, I can't, like, the, the feeling that I wanted to feel by owning a fridge, aside the fact that it was going to give me food, it was important. And then I... I to think that I would have cheated myself of that opportunity just because the present situation at the time was calling for something cheaper. That is that is something to think about. And then the next thing is to, is to focus and protect your choice. I think that we let, in, in, in relationships, for instance, you say you want a particular kind of person. You want somebody that respects you, somebody that supports you. But then you start to think about the fact that, but right now you're, you're 39 how what kind of choices what kind of you tell yourself what kind of options would be left who's who is going to want you or you're like you're 39 but you want somebody who has never been married before because you don't want you want to start your own family afresh it is your choice you need to protect your choice and be sure and do not let your present situation dictate for you because in the end you would make choices out of desperation and then you would realize that maybe you were better off a single person than being with somebody that you rushed to pick because you thought that time had gone so there's that and then you we also need to ask ourselves are we choosing out of clarity and out of a state of abundance or are we selling ourselves short due to the current situation and so that was what i was about to do even though i knew that i I knew what i wanted i was going to sell myself short because of my current situation and it wasn't going to be something i was going to like and then the last thing is to have people around you who are thinking from an abundant place, who have a very wide scope of thinking that even when you want to sell yourself short, you have somebody that is going to call you to order and say, but why do you want to make this decision? What do you think? What do you think you're going to be happy making this decision? And in my story at the time, the person that was in my life that saved me from making that ridiculous decision was my friend who I took along who said, who knew that in the who who or who already was earning money and knew that it was important that I bought what I wanted, and so all he needed to do was ask me, and he jolted me back to my senses that no, I shouldn't sell myself short, and I mean like as as I said, I had four thousand more to 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 spend for two months, but really I didn't because when you um not choosing what you want comes at a cost. And you would pay that price whether you like it or not. And so, but then when you make a choice out of abundance, there'll be so much joy and so much light in your life that you would, it would spread across every, every aspect of your life. So it 
by the time I bought the fridge, I didn't even realize. I to be honest, I can't remember suffering those two months after buying that fridge. Because I was, I already had, like, the major decision had been made, which was choosing what I wanted. And so, like I was saying, it's important that you have people around you that encourage you, that know what, that know what you want. And are encouraging you towards that and would not let you settle. People that can see past you and people that know for sure that somewhere in the future, there's going to be a better you, a bigger you that is going to either regret the, the, the actions that you're taking now or that is going to appreciate that you took other actions and so yeah um i just i just had to be super deep about buying a fridge and i'm sure that this i don't even know how it's going to sound you can please leave me a feedback and let me know what you think about this entire like um comparison i made to buying my fridge and like choosing spouses or choosing friends or or setting boundaries but it's very important that we are very conscious and we are very aware of the choices that we make in relationships you cannot you can't trivialize them like people people fall in people fall in love and i'm putting fall in quotes people fall in love and then they they fall in so many things and when you fall without prior understanding you get a scraped knee you break your legs you break your hand you break your head you don't want to be falling into things without prior um without prior understanding without prior preparation it is it is very very important that we put a lot of conscious thoughts into the things that are going to shape our lives and so it might not be a refrigerator for you and it might be the choice of a spouse for you you need to be conscious and be aware of what is happening are you are you selling yourself short do you feel like you're settling and then you keep trying to push that um emotion away just because you don't want to um be old be a single old lady as if that's the thing so yeah like that was just one thing and so the second thing was the person who asked me in my stories you can follow me on sex talk with dr m on instagram from time to time i'm going to make these some um, question boxes where you can ask me questions to discuss on the podcast and so we're going to be talking next about the person who asked how to handle breakups when there's still love between love and respect between you and the person that you broke up with and so like this really i think it it happens a lot and because i'm a doctor i know that maybe people don't do genotype tests and so they end up finding that finding out after they have like built an entire relationship that they can't get married because their genotypes are incompatible and so these people had to break up not because they hate each other but just because they, they, there's no future for them in that relationship and so how exactly do you get over that because i mean if somebody offended you and you broke up it's it's understandable you can actually like be super pissed and then block them from your entire world space but someone who didn't offend you how do you go about living your life after such um a situation and so the first thing I'm going to say is that you should be clear on why you can't be together. I already gave like a, a story of um of genotype. There might be other reasons why such a person might not be with your partner. Like be clear on why you can't be together so that that would be the starting point of um of your healing. It would be the starting point of your healing. Like, you know for sure that this is the reason, this is a clear reason why this cannot be. Because if you're not clear, then you'll be having those moments of 
back and forth that you would not be able to catch yourself from easily. So that's one. Number two is to allow yourself be sad or angry be disappointed like feel i usually would say to my clients feel all your feels like give yourself the freedom to be sad when you want to be sad to be angry about like the situation when you want to be like grieve like allow yourself to go through that stage of denial of bargaining of of every single thing that grief brings because this is a very huge loss like nobody we don't wish to lose things that we love and this is something you that is even beyond your control, right? So you need to give yourself the space to be to feel your feels and grieve. And then after you've given yourself an ample time to feel your feels in such a way that you can process it, it's time to start managing your grief by giving it time. Because so what I mean by this is if you begin to let grief grief overtake you, then you won't be able to move like you'll be able to continue with your life and i'm not saying that you're supposed to forget about what you're going through but then you need to start like taking back control of your life from grief and so it's very helpful not to deny the grief but to give it time and so by giving it time i'm saying that you can actually say to yourself when you start to feel sad i'm giving myself the next one hour to feel sad and you sit in your sadness like be sad be very very sad in this time and you know, just give yourself the opportunity to be that sad, to be angry, to be whatever it is that you are feeling at the time. And once that time that you've given yourself is over, let it be over. Let it be done. That's the end. Then the next thing is, if you can't let it go, then let it be. When we say, like, you know, people like give, give you an advice when something is hard for you. I'm going to talk about holding space um, sometime in the future. But people, when you share your sadness with people, people f- also feel that same sadness with you. So, right, if I'm, if I'm telling you a story, a bad story about myself and you listen well enough, you start to feel a little bit of my sadness within you. And so your body wants to not feel sad and then your body, your body wants to deflect that sadness away from you. And so when you say to someone, you'll be fine, it's going to be okay, don't cry. It is that those sentences aren't for the person who is struggling, but it's for you, it's to heal you. I'm going to talk about this at, at a later time. But technically, what I'm saying is a lot of people might tell you, let's go, you'll be fine, you'll find another person, you'll find another love. But at the, at the moment, you don't feel that way. So I'm, I'm going to ask you not to force it, but I'm just going to say that you should like accept it you love someone you can't be with them you don't even have any reason to be angry with them it's it's it it happens and so would let it be would let it just hang that's fine this has happened and i'm going to i'm just going to live with it and not give it any any more emotion than it needs to exist in my body and so um just let it be like you think about it be sad about it for the moment but also let it just sail through you and move to the next activity um people think that maybe this is you not getting over getting over it but you actually also don't want to make an emotion stay with you for too long with so much emotional charge what you find with letting things be is that with time it starts to have less and less emotional implication on your soul and then you can then now start to let it go. 
And then the next thing is to know that missing someone is normal because the feelings are valid. You you know, I usually would say that when you miss someone, it's not like you you just like they are, missing someone is a feeling. And so, for instance, you might have had a very good friend in the past, and then you just suddenly flash back to that moment to a, a particular point in time where you were super happy with this person. Maybe you're just having a very like regular feeling at the moment, but then you remember a time where, like your body remembers a time where it really felt happy with this person, and so you remember that person, you remember that feeling about them, and then. You almost want to reach back at that feeling. Your body remembers it fully like it is happening in the present. And so that's what happens when you miss someone. And this is a very normal feeling. So you would you would keep you would miss that person. You would miss what you had. What I'm going to say is that try as much as possible not to drag yourself back into the time. So I'm saying don't don't do that thing where you remember them and then you go and read like all the text messages and look at all the pictures and then drown yourself in that memory and then make you sad or make yourself sad all over the all over again like try to avoid doing that try not to give yourself too much um access in such a way that you would you would um just let i think what i'm saying is let the feeling of missing wash over you the way it should feel the feeling of happiness again don't let yourself start thinking of what could have been what would have been what should have been don't don't take yourself to the coulda woulda shoulda part just let yourself be happy in the moment and that is so very important and then the next thing piggyback piggyback off that is Institute a barrier to control the bargaining. So the thing people do where they go back and then they start checking old text messages or they really want to text this person knowing that this person is moving on or this person is already in another relationship or this person is also sad like them. There's this thing people that they try to those things. You try to um institute barriers to control that those behaviors such that um you just make it slightly harder for you to reach to this person. And then you find new pathways to to let your um to let your feelings flow through. So this person probably knows um the story of your family members, and maybe you had a family member that was um that that, that had a particular disease, and now um maybe the disease is getting worse. This person probably was the person that knew about this story the most, and now you really really want to reach out to them to share this particular story with them but you know that if you go to this particular thing with them it's going to drag you back into the feelings of if only we were together then you would have been the one to hold me to console me through this maybe you should give yourself the 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 grace of not reaching out to that person because technically they aren't really in your life at that capacity anymore and you have to give yourself the opportunity to find new ways and maybe new people to process these kinds of things with and so give yourself the opportunity to let yourself process the pain or the happiness or whatever it is that you want that you feel like you really need to share give yourself the opportunity to learn how to share it with yourself at the moment or with somebody else at the moment that you don't have to keep going back into your past and replaying all the things that could have or should have or would have been and so yeah and so then the next thing is to focus on what is next for you. We're not saying um mindless rebound relationships, nothing like that. But we're saying that start to think about like what you would want. What did you learn from being with this person? What um what what um 
what new what new decisions do you want to make moving forward how do you want to start being available to other people how do you want to deal with hurt in the in the future so those kinds of things start to focus on the things that are next for you in that sense then commend yourself for milestones so um you can you can notice yourself notice how um good how the, the amount of space between the times that you miss them the amount of space between the time that you need to cry and commend yourself maybe you used to be sad every day of the week but now you just you're just sad like every other day like be proud of yourself that your body is gradually letting this emotion like slide off you and then like so so just give yourself milestones like notice how you are handling the situation and commend yourself when you see that you're making positive steps towards healing and so then so that's that's how it goes with you but now your relationship with this person if you really have to be in contact with this person then just keep it keep it light keep it um keep it short don't try to do those things where you're like remember when and then you drag it on and then you distract them from whatever life they're that they're trying to build no that's not what we're trying to do here we're trying to just you know let them let them just be the person in your life that would have been something more but it's just it is what it is so don't 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 just you're not trying to be mean to them we're not trying to be harsh we're not trying to be overly lovey dovey we're just making them a human in our lives that we had something with in the past what was in the past would continue to be valid continue to be beautiful but now we need to move forward and so let it just be that so yeah, I think those those are the points that I had regarding that question and I hope that it helped um the person who asked it. And so yeah, that is the end of the very first episode of Real Talk with Dr. M. I tried yo, like like I tried, I tried. I don't even know what accent it is that I'm doing at the moment. But I'm trying my best to speak good English so that if the people that are listening to me aren't from Nigeria, they would understand the best that they can. And so please, yeah, I'd like to um get your feedback. Please um reach out to me if you have questions, if you have any comments on what we discussed. Follow me on Instagram and I'll see you next week on Real Talk with Dr. M. Bye, everyone.